My friend Jonathan, who has, has preached here before uh, many times, one of my, one of my best friends uh, in ministry, he tells a story about how when he was a freshman in college, he was confident that he met the girl that he was going to marry. And he was so confident that he went back into his dorm room and he wrote on a sheet of paper, I will marry Leslie Moss one day. And this is a little bit weird. It's like hashtag Christian college. But um, he wrote that on, on this sheet of paper and he signed it. And then he had one of his friends that he had made on the campus sign it as well. That was pretty interesting, a little bit bold. But the problem is his friend went and told Leslie about this. And um, he said, now, because they somehow figured it out and they got married, the word for it is, oh, like sentimental, the thing actually hangs in their house. But the word for it then was creepy, because it's just a little bit too much if you, you know, just have met someone for the first time, and you're like, all right, I think we're going to figure this whole thing out. And he remembers thinking in that moment, like, I should get some better friends. Like, what is, like, why is this going across the tell? Like, why on earth would you do that? And this morning, I just want to talk about friends, because I think we could all use better friends. And friendship is, thing, is something that actually is talked about a lot in Scripture and something that, honestly, I don't think we think about very much, kind of in American culture, but in the church as well. Think about it. Just name any songs that you can think of that you would hear on the radio somewhat regularly about friendship. Anybody? Any songs? You've got a friend in me, you might hear that on the radio, or lean on me, perhaps. I mean, there, there's like a, a couple, there's, so, and if you really think about it, friends in low places, although that one's kind of a weird one, but um, I mean, as far as where the friends are and who are they and all that thing, but you think about that, and there are, are these like songs about friendship, but there's probably one song about friendship for every 30,000 about like love, right, and, and romantic love. And we know that friends are important, but like, it's just all the time, it seems like the air we breathe is, is romantic love. And I don't think necessarily the church has always done uh, better in that. We have the story of, of Adam and Eve, and it ends with Adam like longing for companionship, and then he, he's blessed with Eve. And we think about that from like a, a romantic love angle. But in reality, we just all have a need for companionship. We have a need for people to come alongside us. We have a need for people to be with us. And perhaps you learned that more than ever during this last year, during the pandemic, as Carolyn shared. It's just so powerful to, to be together. And although like spiritually we were together taking communion in different parts of the city, it's also very powerful to, to be in churches together, uh, to be around each other. And we need companions and so those of you who are single in this church, I have to apologize. I feel like the church sometimes doesn't do a good job of, of saying that like singleness can be something and perhaps you don't want to be single forever, but it can be a calling in your life. Paul actually says in the New Testament, basically like, get married if you have to, but if you're more spiritual, don't. Basically, it's basically what, what Paul says. And we like celebrate and, and worship Jesus who was single. And then Paul ministers all over uh, the known world as a single person. And so if you are single and you want to get married someday, I hope that happens for you. But I hope that you realize that your calling isn't just to that. That we are called to have friendships and companions and people who come alongside us at all moments of life. We are not made to be alone. There's something powerful in coming together in community. 
Many of you know that our son Carter was really into birds, and he was super into birds. Many of you, like, helped out with that addiction by bringing things all the time, so thank you uh, for that. He was super into birds until he discovered video games, and now he is, the birds are kind of second or third uh, on the list. But Manny and I, for a short time, were thinking about getting a bird, but then you find out that they live till like, 75 years old, and they're really mean. Uh, but one thing that we were doing as, as we were researching is uh, we found out, like, we were thinking about maybe getting one bird, but then this article is saying, what Whatever you do, don't get two birds. Because if you get two birds at once, they like form a bond against the people in the house. And it's basically like us against them. And we were like, whoa, and we were just thinking about just one, but no way we would think about two. But I find that interesting that these, these animals, like they instinctually, they come together and they, you know, protect each other. And it's something that we all have. We need this. Deep down instinctually, we have a desire to, to be known in community, to, to know people, to have somebody who, who's going to look out for our best interests at times. There was a study done by Harvard University that came to this conclusion. Uh, the more friends, it should be up yeah, the more close friends we have, the more likely we are to be leading a joyful life. Not having a close friend or confidant is as dangerous as smoking or being overweight. So there's been some churches who have started to join a small group or die campaign because it's real. It's real. Like it actually has negative effects. And the more people that you have, like in these circles, the friends that you have, the connections that you have, it leads you to a more joyful life. A place that you see this consistently in scripture is the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is part of the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. And if you haven't read through Proverbs lately, you definitely should. It just is basically just like a very wise person giving us all kinds of things and, and little pointers for life. So Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26 says this, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And I think like, growing up in a family, like I remember my parents having like some concern for the people that I was hanging out with. Like just, they were concerned if I was going to somebody's house, did they know the parents? Like all the, you know, you'd go through this checklist, like do you, do you know this person or how's this going? And, and we think of this, I think, when we're thinking about our kids and raising our kids or perhaps when you were a kid. But I think you don't think about it as much when you grow a little older. Like it's okay, you know, I'm I could take it or leave it. You know, I'll have friends or, you know, I'll spend some time with that person or, or, or do this or I'm just going to kind of just float through this. And I think we need to recognize that still, like wherever you happen to be, it's, it's your friends that like, make up your life. Like it's the people that you're committed to, that you stop everything for, that you like actually like are committed and focused on. We need to recognize that these things, like they direct our lives. Another proverb says this, that let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And the word for love there is a word that uh, you need a little bit of phlegm to say. It's chesed. That's how uh, you say that. Anybody that wants to say that, actually, that's probably not a COVID, not, not, not a COVID idea, but uh, you, you say like it, it needs that phlegm in there. And what chesed means is this like loving, like long-lasting faithfulness. It's this unbelievable devotion. It's God's devotion to us. And I think that if I'm honest, Hesed in my life can be sorely lacking if I'm not careful. To have this sort of faithfulness, to be willing to like walk with somebody and not just like feel something nice for them, but to do like acts of kindness, to demonstrate mercy. 
to come alongside a group of people. It's easy for me, even as a pastor, I'm, I'm raising my hand and saying, it's easy for me when somebody like does something to me that I don't really like all that much, it's easy for me to just like, whatever, I'm just gonna go to this different space or I'm gonna like, try not to interact with that person all that much. But Hesed is this like continuing to show these acts of love, loving kindness and commitment to people. To continue to welcome people into your life Bonnie Gentry was a longtime member of this church who was a matriarch member. I'm sad if you didn't get a chance to get to know her. She was one who literally helped to build this building. She would tell stories about coming up here to build this place. And she, uh, when she passed away a few years ago, uh, as I was preparing for the funeral, her family gave me some notes and different things that she had, some letters that she had written to them. And it was like reading the book of Proverbs, like she had some great wisdom and, and some thoughts. And one thing that always I'll remember that stuck with me is she wrote, to, to, her daughter, to her daughter, she said, have friends over all the time, even if all you have is a cake or some fruit to give them. Have them in your home. And that just hit me right between the eyes in that moment when I read it. Because I've never had somebody over to like share a banana. You know, like when we think about hospitality, I think oftentimes we get it confused with entertaining you know, we want to have people over when we can, you know, have a big party and like get everything ready. And in some ways, so you can impress them a little bit, right? Like, you know, my house is spick and span and we have, you know, all these wondrous meats that I've procured from all over the place. And you can try that. And we, there's, there's definitely space for that. And that's important too, to sometimes be able to have those celebrations and to have those moments. That, that is great. I love how Bonnie said that. Just have people over in your home, even if you just have a piece of cake or some fruit, and you have kids, so there's toys all over the place. Don't just have people over when it's like the perfect moment, and you can make it this perfect experience. Just be the kind of person who just welcomes others into your life. For them, of course, but perhaps even more for you. There's a Turkish proverb that says, a wise man remembers his friends at all times, a fool only when he has need of them. And you have some friends like that. It's like you're getting a call from them. You're like, uh-oh, I don't want to answer this because it's something. I don't, I don't necessarily want to answer this call because I know this is just asking a favor. There was a time early on in my ministry, we ha had an event here and I put up the event on Facebook and uh, it was for area-wide things. And there was this uh, woman who commented on the event and she said, I'm 90% sure I'm going to this. Do you think she came? Of course not, right? And in some ways, I think that's some like the way that we live all the time. I'm 90% sure I'm going to go do this, but like, I'm going to give some wiggle room just in case something better comes along, because it's possible. The issue is there always is available to us something that is comfortable and easy. How many different streaming services are there now? And how many times is it like, okay, have you watched this show yet? And there's so much stuff that just like it's so convenient and easy and, and simpler to not choose to be like dedicated and showing up around people, showing this kind of commitment. I think that that comment, and of course that young woman did not come and I, I never met her, but that idea, like I'm just, I'm 90% sure I'm gonna do this. But is there a group of people 
that you are saying, I'm committed. I, I, I'm like going to show hesed to, to this group. I'm going to continue to show up. I'm going to have them in my home sometimes when all I have is an apple, and I'm going to be in his or her home when it's a little bit messy because like that's just what life is. I think about how many of us, perhaps you, you grew up in church like I did, and it used to be that we would have Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, and Wednesday night church. And any of you who did that with kids, you deserve a medal of honor, I think, like because I don't even understand how, how you all did that. But it's just fascinating to me how just like in my generation, I mean, this is not that long ago, that it's just completely changed. And I understand that there's some kind of legalistic mentality to that. Sometimes that it's just kind of this, this more about like showing up out of duty perhaps and really what your heart was feeling. But there's something that happens when you continue to show up in a space for each other. And you don't constantly have this feeling of like, I'm 90% I'll be there. I'm, I'm just hoping that it's going to be the, the best thing for me. But instead like showing up next to each other and just being in a community and saying, I'm going to choose to be here because this type of thing matters. It makes a difference. I think of a moment that happened in Jackie Robinson's playing career uh, on the Dodgers, and I'm always proud that he was part of the Dodgers since I am a Dodger fan. And he was having a bad game one time. He was the first African-American ball player in the major leagues, and he made an error, and it was actually at home, and 10,000 people were just like booing him because he made that error. He was going through a rough time in his career, and everybody's just taking a chance to, to boo him, and he's standing out there. And as these boos are, are raining down, the team captain, Pee Wee Reese, who was a white player, he went and put his arm around Jackie Robinson. And Jackie said it was that moment that saved his baseball career. And I think about how that interaction happened. Because I don't know if P. Reese was super excited about Jackie Robinson being on the team at first. I'm not sure. I don't really know that part of the story. Perhaps he was. But if you're thinking about baseball, um, if you're not a baseball fan, there's way too much of it. There's games every day, right? There's just like games after games after games. I happen to enjoy that. But there's just games all the time. And think about all the times they practice turning double plays, all the time that they stood at second base and shortstop right next to each other. And there's just something that happens when you continue to show up. And at sometimes you're going to need to be the one who puts the arm around somebody. And at other times, you're going to need somebody's arm around you. And if you helped to forge that type of friendship and community in your life, you're going to need people in those types of moments, but there's another level to friendship that I think we sometimes miss out on. In the book of Proverbs, again, there's so much advice on friendship that I think sometimes we forget. Proverbs 27, 6 says this, that wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And I think this is some of the hard truth about friendship, but something that we all need at times. We trust the wounds of a friend. If you have a cancerous tumor somewhere in your body, like you go to a doctor to help and, and remove that, and that person needs to do it with precision and needs to do it with love, and you hope that you got a, a doctor who got A's in medical school. Sometimes, and I know for me, there's been times in my life 
when I've had some wounding from friends that was done in love and it was what I needed. It's hard to be a narcissist when you have friends. If you saw my group of friends from college and some friends in other parts of life, there's a lot of stories that go around, right? There's things that happen. There's things, it's hard to pretend like you've got it all together when people really know you. When people have been around you for a while. That sort, of type, that sort of friendship and that sort of relationship takes work. Something that I think we don't necessarily think about enough is that Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. So you look at the Old Testament, which is way longer than the New Testament, and then you have the life and ministry of Jesus. And what you see as Jesus being the embodiment of wisdom is Jesus shows us, I believe, the correct way to live out the Old Testament. So for example, people come and ask him questions like, what are the most important laws? And he says, love God and love neighbor. And so he's interpreting like years and years and years of history, tons of passages. And he says, these are the most important things that you would love God and love neighbor. And so through Jesus's life, you see, I believe, like what it looks like to live a wise life, to live like as well as you can. Of course, wisdom doesn't guarantee any sort of outcomes, but Jesus shows us this is what it looks like to live a wise life and to apply the wisdom of the Old Testament. And something very simple about Jesus that you could say is he had friends. And if you think your friends are bad, Jesus' friends are rough. I think about the passage toward the end of the Gospel of John as he is gathering his disciples. He knows that Peter's going to betray him and Judas is. And even in that moment, he says to them, but I have called you, what? Friends. He says, I have called you all. Friends. And there are times in Jesus' ministry where he ministers to the whole crowds. There's times when he goes out of his way and helps somebody who is in need. There are times that he does like miraculous things for large groups of people. But what you constantly see Jesus doing is retreating to be alone with God and then also having special moments with these friends, with this group. And they constantly don't get it. They're constantly arguing about the wrong thing. Hey, you know, can, can I sit on one side in your seat of glory? And it's like, Jesus like, you guys just don't understand. But he's around these people and he's just trying to show them. He, he has the, these friends that he continues to go back to. Because that's wisdom. To live amongst people who at times are going to be able to put their arm around you in love and at times also tell you of perhaps some blind spot that you have that you need to think about a little bit more. One of the reasons why I think the TV show Friends was so popular is that it captured something that I think we all want. Like we wish we had that type of people around us that we, you know, lived right across the hall. And of course, it was just a little bit too simple. You know, like sometimes one of them is together with the other one and they break up and then they're still all hanging out. Like there's no way that actually happens in real life. 
But when they just did the reunion on HBO, I guess 5.3 million people watched it the first night. It was on HBO's streaming service, and the estimates were that 30% of people who had that streaming service watched it. So three out of 10 who had that service available watched it the first night. And I think one of the reasons why that show was so popular is just because people just felt like, I really wish I had that. I had this person who was, you know, just in my life and just always around. But of course, it's not completely realistic. I mean, they have a problem that's resolved in 22 minutes, and then the next episode is on TBS right after that. <laughs> that sort of, of reality is something that, that takes work. There was a quote that I saw about this. It said this, if you're lucky enough to have a group of friends like Chandler, Joey, Ross, Rachel, Monica, and Phoebe, you're in the rare minority and you should treasure them with your life. But if you don't, you're not abnormal, you're not lacking, you're not weird. And if you don't, you're not something, you don't have something missing. I have a very close group of friends and we have to work to see each other once a week or once every two weeks. Appreciate the friends that you have, treasure them, hoard them, work at them. Friendships are gifts not givens. So as we think about what it looks like to live a wise life, as we consider the, the life and ministry of Jesus, I would just ask you, who, who is a friend of yours that perhaps due to COVID or just some other reason, you just haven't connected with in a while? And specifically, I'd like you to just think of someone from outside of our church and who is somebody that you needed to give a call to this week? Something that I've noticed about myself is that Phone calls have gotten increasingly weird. Like, it's just like, just text me. You know, I don't want but like to actually like have a phone call, to have, have a, a chat with somebody. We have the ability to contact like everybody everywhere in this moment, but we don't really do a good job of just like reaching out to somebody. So who is somebody outside of our church who you need to contact? And then secondly, who is somebody who is within our church that you need to reach out to and just say, hey, you know, I've, I've missed seeing you. It's been great to see you over these last few weeks as we've started to, to get together. Like we're, we're thankful for that because friendships are our gifts, not givens. And just if you take it for granted, it's easy to just let them die. Jesus, as the embodiment of wisdom, shows us like this is what it looks like to continue to show up to be with people, even though they don't always understand or see things exactly the way that you would. It takes work and practice. There's the famous novel, Russian novel called The Brothers Karamazov. And in that novel, there is an elite woman who thinks about, and she says she sometimes dreams, she's talking to a monk, and she says, I sometimes dream about just giving up all that I have and going to live a life of poverty, just spending time serving those who are in need. But she says, what stops me is that I know that some of the people wouldn't receive it as I intended. So some of the people like wouldn't receive the love and you know, actually working in ministry with those who are in need is actually hard. So she said, that's what holds me back because I know that if I was to do it, not everybody would receive it in the same way. And the monk looks at her and says, love in practice is a harsh and dreadful thing compared to love in dreams. I think that's true. Maybe a little dark, but true. 
that when it comes to real relationships with real people, whether that be in friendship or any sort of relationship, it's much easier to dream about this outcome than it is to actually do it. So as you think about your friends and the people who've been, for you, been there for you along the way, and of course, at times, not always perfectly, may you once again decide, like, this is worth it. Because I need people around me. We all need companions. That's one of the great things about our church. We call ourselves a home in LA because we have the opportunity, as Carolyn said, that she had many invites out to lunch, like right after her first Sunday here. Like that, that is what, what it takes. We need to be in spaces where we are known and where we also know others. Because it makes a massive difference for all of us. So may we connect with some friends this week to continue to prioritize some of those relationships because we need them. May we not, like, when it's not idealized, like you're not in a friends episode and there's like not all this perfect stuff happening around you. Maybe you remember Jesus who sits among this group of very broken people who are about to do some very hurtful things to him and he still says, you all, are my friends. Maybe remember that we need companions. And love always doesn't feel good, but it changes us and others. Let's pray. God, may we connect with some friends this week. Maybe somebody we haven't chatted with in a while or somebody even that we've seen recently, but we can say it's it's just such a blessing to have you in my life. May we not take these people for granted because they give us so much love and support. May we also be willing to not just welcome people in when our lives are perfect and when we have everything prepared, but even when we just have a piece of fruit to give. Because we need people around us. Father, be with us as we strive to cultivate friendships for ourselves. And also, we would be good friends to people even at times when it's hard. Your son Jesus, and I pray. Amen.